What's up, Gunners family? This is Amanda Axelson, and today I am joined by my co-host, Anna Miller, as we sit down with none other than Claudia Longo. Claudia is a two-time state champion for the Issaquah High School girls soccer team. She is a Wayne Gittinger Inspirational Award winner. She's a Gunners 99 legend, and she's the current University of Washington women's soccer captain. Today, we sit down with Claudia as she tells us a little bit about how she got to where she is today, and she gives some advice on how to bring your A-game. Okay, Claudia Longo, welcome. Thanks for having me. I know, I'm glad you're here as our very first guest ever. So let's start with this. Um, you grew up in Issaquah. Mm-hmm. Tell us a little bit about your family, how you got kind of got started with sports, all that stuff. So I'm the third child of four. So I have two older sisters and a younger brother. Um, I kind of grew up just like watching them play sports. I was always on the sideline, kind of like kicking the ball or jumping the basketball. Um, and I always loved watching them play. Like I knew right away I was going to be into sports and it was just kind of cool, like having them be like my role models, to, like pave the way. Um, so that definitely influenced me, like taking up soccer and loving it. Um, both my parents are pretty athletic. They love we're a very go, go, go family. So it kind of made sense that that's the direction I went as well. Um, but yeah, I'm super blessed. My family and I are super close and they've kind of, you know, helped me along the way and um, supported me the whole time. So. So how, when you decided you wanted to play soccer, well, I guess, how did you even get involved with that? Because you said your, your siblings played soccer, but I know you played basketball also, right? Mm-hmm. So competitive basketball too. Weren't you like I mean, I like to say I was legit, but like <laughs> my biased opinion, <laughs> I was also like four foot tall out there. So that didn't help my cause. But no, I originally started with Gunners when it was the um, ADP program um, or APD, whatever that abbreviation is. But I was like seven or eight and they started this kind of new development program. Um, so I kind of hopped onto that and that was my first time after playing a couple years of rec, that was my first time actually like taking it seriously. Um, that's when we, we had like a black team and a gold team. There was no A, B or C. It was just like kind of a bunch of girls grouped together in different teams. Um, and my coach was Jimmy Ball at the time who, you know, ended up being one of my favorite coaches of all time. So it worked out that the group I was a part of and the coach I had just like clicked. It was kind of like magic. Um, and that was the core group that kind of stuck together for the next 10 years, which is super cool. So I was lucky enough that I had such a great experience at such a young age that made me want to stick with it for the next 10 years, which I feel like is pretty cool. Yeah. How old were you when you started? I was eight. I think we were in like second or third grade when that program first started. It was like a year or two of that development program. And then we were Arsenal and then we became Gunners. Anna can remember those days. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. I was going to say, well, between the three of us, gold. Yeah, we, uh, we all go way back. <laughs> totally, totally. So you play for Gunners, you get into high school. Tell us about your high school playing experience. Um, yeah, so when I was a freshman, um, I was like super nervous, but super excited to play. Obviously, I idolized people like Anna and Audrey Thomas and all these like big names in Issaquah. And it was just like, such an honor that I could go play for that program. Um, My first year I made JV and I was pretty upset just because it was kind of a goal I always had was to make varsity as a freshman. And 
when that didn't happen, I was like pretty sad. And, um, I did use it as a lot of motivation though. I mean, Anna can attest, we were training all the time and, um, in the mornings, like early in the mornings, early on Wednesday Wednesday mornings, Mm -hmm. make me come out just to, so you could practice your free kick. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Yes. Lots of early mornings with Anna, but um, yeah, so I, I ended up getting pulled up to varsity that year, um, but like also didn't even get rostered for the games. There's just so many things that year that I was like, dang, like I really thought this was going to be like a dream come true. So as much as I was upset, I was also like so motivated to be there on varsity the next year because I kind of got a glimpse into what um, Issaquah soccer would be like. And so obviously the coming year, my sophomore year, made varsity. Um, and I was thinking about it earlier. That was the year we were like training before and after tryouts and like all this crazy stuff. Like it was, I was determined to make varsity and I was going to do anything it took. Um, and then obviously our sophomore year is when we ended up winning state. Um, and then junior year I was out with an injury, but then came back senior year, um, when we won state again, which is super cool. So I have so much good to say about Isquah soccer. I could go on and on for days, but um, yeah, it was a really cool experience. Okay. So you have kind of like, you know, you mentioned you were injured your junior year, how, like in terms of like the recruiting process, like when did you start that? Because I know you committed really early to UW. So yeah. how did that whole process work out for you? Um, so it kind of started my freshman year, which to me just seemed like so early. I knew I wanted to play college soccer, but I was like, I just started high school. How am I supposed to know like where I want to go in four years? Um, so it was kind of quick, but it did start my freshman year. Um, Alex Cunliffe, one of our old coaches, was super helpful in kind of reaching out, helping me reach out to coaches um, and get that whole process started. So when they started coming to tournaments early my freshman year is kind of when I started getting looks. Um, and so throughout that year, we were going to showcases, we were doing, you know, all those big tournaments, I was hounding coaches with emails, I was probably super annoying, but um, I guess it paid off. Um, so I got a couple looks and then ended up committing um, the day after we won state my sophomore year. Um, so that was a fun week for sure. <laughs> well, in that state championship, I'm trying to remember because I was there. Did you scored the game winner, didn't you? So I scored, we were down one zero, um, at halftime, like Tom Bunnell, who's one of the greatest coaches of all times, most inspirational, like Anna's nodding her head because you just know that name just brings about this aura of like hype, which is just so great. Um, but anyway, at halftime, he looked at us and he's like, this isn't how it's going to end. Like we had had such a crazy season. Like we kind of started as this like group of a bunch of like different people and, I mean, going into the season, I didn't even think a state championship was kind of on our minds, but we just, we kept winning and we kept going. And um, so when it was halftime, when we were down one zero, we're like, this is not how this was supposed to end. And so second half, we came out guns blazing. Um, I ended up taking, I took probably like 30 free kicks that game. And one of them happened (laughs) to go in. Um, So we ended up tying the game one, one. And then in the last, I don't know, 15 seconds, um, we had a corner and so I took the corner and um, Madison Fawn was the one who ended up heading it away and we won state after that so <laughs> I remember sitting in the stands because I like randomly pulled out my phone right before you took that free kick because I was like Claudia's gonna score <laughs> Claudia's gonna score right now and I literally was like videoing and as like I have video somewhere I'll try to find it and I'll try to post it with this because oh, it was gosh. madness <laughs> yeah it was I mean 
looking back, like I was so young, I just didn't really know what was happening. I was just kind of going along for the ride. And um, I remember talking to Tom, that was, I never really was like, I was, this is my first year on varsity. I didn't see myself as a leader, but in that game, like that passion and that energy and that kind of natural leadership definitely came out. And so that was cool to see how that kind of carried on the next couple of years. Cause I never really saw that in myself until that moment, which was cool. Yeah. Well, it sounds like from the time I've known you since you were like, I don't know, 10, yeah, <laughs> yeah. 11, when I first started here, you've always had that leadership quality. Um, has that continued on through college? Like, are you finding that you're in leadership positions more and more? Yeah, um, I will say it was kind of tough coming in. I obviously kind of came in on different circumstances after taking like the first year off and kind of slowly working my way back into the team. Um, but off the field, I was just kind of trying to find ways of how I could lead. It was different for me. Obviously, I was used to leading on the field and providing all that kind of energy and optimism on the field. So taking a step back and having to do it off the field that first couple of years was tough, um, but it was definitely a learning experience for me that definitely helped me grow as a leader. Um, you know, learning to lead from the sidelines, that's something that's not talked a lot about, but um, it's a pivotal role on the team and kind of spreading that energy on the sideline is, is contagious and it's necessary for the team. So as hard as it was, I kind of had to take on that role, which I think definitely helped. And then as I've been playing the last year or so, um, I've been able to I've been able to kind of step into that role. And um, actually a few weeks ago, I was named captain with a former former Eagle, Kayleen Pang as well, which is super fun. Um, so yeah, I definitely see that kind of translating and transitioning over to my college experience as well. Yeah, I think that's really huge for kids to hear these days, because I think a lot of kids, when they think about going to play at the college level, they only think about how they can contribute on the field. Mm -hmm. um but no, knowing that there are opportunities to lead off the field as well is huge what are some things that you try to do whether it's on the sidelines or like I feel like that's a hard thing to do especially when you know obviously you'd rather be on the field I've been there and I probably didn't handle it nearly as well as you did <laughs> um so what are like ways that you keep yourself positive and that you kind of inspire your teammates um, I guess just like as I was kind of coming back and not really at my best, just focusing on like when I was on the sideline, just like being that like loud, you know, positive voice. And the hard part is when I do hear the negativity and people reasonably so being upset they're not playing, it's like trying to reframe that for them so that they are also, I like bring them along as well, I think is the biggest thing for me is like I said, bringing people along. That's kind of what it's all about on and off the field. Um, coming in late, I also didn't have like the relationships that all the girls had from that previous year. So I kind of had to make that extra effort to grab coffee with somebody I didn't know or shoot a little text to somebody I didn't know. Um, so just little things here and there, nothing like extravagant and all that, but I think the little things do matter. And, um, my coach at UW right now talks about like building the belief bank. So it's like when you're able to do one thing that builds that belief bank, ultimately, nine months, one year later, you have this bank of this positive, you know, energy that your, your team is able to build on, which I think is pretty cool. Yeah. Well, it's very clear to me why, because you won what it's the, is it the Wayne Gittinger Inspiration Award? And that is very, very clear. I think why, why you won that, which is amazing. Thank you. Um, 
I know you've had a really tough time with injuries and I don't know if you want to go into that necessarily, but I, I think, you know, it's one of the reasons that you are so incredibly inspirational. So would you want to just kind of walk us through kind of everything that, that's happened? Totally. Yeah. I'm an open book when it comes to that. Um, I think overall, before I get into it, I just, when you guys kind of first asked me to do this and, you know, talk about my journey, I think the biggest thing that stuck out to me is just kind of, I've always found a way. Um, and it's, you know, regardless of the circumstance, I'm going to find a way to make it happen. And so kind of looking back, rewind, I don't know, 10 years, um, I had a really weird medical thing, got a blood clot. I don't even know. It was too long ago, but I was on blood thinners for like six to eight months. So I couldn't play. And that was kind of my first setback. Um, but immediately it was, you know, going to every practice with my team and still being there on the sideline. I started coaching my brother's rec team and having so much fun with that um, and found one of my passions, which is now coaching. Um, so even, you know, when I was, I must've been 11, um, still kind of finding a way to be involved with soccer and, um, keep it a big part of my life. Um, a couple of years later, I tore my PCL my junior year. Um, so I was out my junior season, which was definitely tough coming off that like crazy sophomore year. Um, I wanted more than anything to play that junior year, but, um, looking back, it was a necessary kind of nine months I took to rehab because I got stronger. I got fitter. I just took that time that I hadn't before to kind of focus on injury prevention, which has come a long way for me. Um, and then that's kind of where I started, um, getting symptoms, MS symptoms. Um, a couple months after that, I was training really hard and, you know, just, I thought it was a normal thing. So when I was playing with the Gunners WPSL team in the summer, um, I noticed my feet were numb and I was like, this is weird. I I'm trying to play soccer, but like my feet are numb. I don't really know what's happening. And so I go to the sideline and I'm like, Macy Joe, can we trade cleats? Like my cleats must be too small because I can't feel my feet. So ended up trading cleats with her, didn't help. So I was like, okay, something weird. Um, and it kind of went away on its own. So I, you know, started training again. And that was my senior year when I was playing that season and kind of deep into the season, I started throwing up after games and getting really tired. And, you know, I look back, I'm like, I don't think I'm this unfit. I haven't, usually I can play full nineties and, you know, walk it off after, but here I was super tired throwing up and then, um, getting these symptoms again. And so, um, when that kind of continued and when I was training super hard, I was going to UW the next year. So I was like doing everything I could, like Anna said, waking up early before school to train, training after school, just everything I could to get ready. And so when I was getting all these symptoms, I was like, okay, I'm overtraining. Let's, let's take a step back. Um, and even when I did, I was still getting those same symptoms. So that's eventually when I was diagnosed with multiple sclerosis um, the end of my senior year. And so that kind of has started the last, you know, three years of what has kind of been my comeback, um, that I started a pretty intense infusion treatment every month. Um, got pretty sick after that, still tried to, to move in and play soccer, which was, um, which was tough, but obviously it was my dream for so long. I wanted to play soccer at UW. Um, so anyway, long story short, ended up taking kind of the year off of school and soccer and, um, my sophomore year came back and started doing school and started playing and kind of got my treatments under control. 
Um, and I felt this kind of momentum building up. And so then COVID hits, right? And everyone's like, oh my goodness. Um, but honestly, like I loved COVID. I was just training every day. I was, I was making it work. I was finally feeling like my old self, soccer-wise, school-wise. Um, you know, MS was there, but it wasn't really affecting me much. And so this coming season, when we were supposed to have our season start this past early February, I actually got a concussion in December, um, just playing pickup. So that was a tough blow, literally. Um, took one to the took a ball to the face, and so got that concussion. And um, you know, the first couple of weeks I was feeling pretty decent, like definitely on the road to recovery. And then um, MS kind of creeped along, and um, I had a flare up. So I'm actually on my way back from you know post concussion, post MS flare. Um, so kind of dealing with those symptoms again. But like I said, you know, my road back has been the highest of highs and the lowest of lows. But like whatever happens, I also know I'm going to find a way, you know, I'll be there in the fall. I'll be playing, whether that's, you know, playing full nineties or, you know, a few minutes here and there, I will do what it takes to be there because at the end of the day, soccer is my passion. And like, I honestly can't imagine my life without it. So at least, you know, telling myself that I'll be back gives me motivation to wake up every day and, you know, think about getting that 1% better. Cause if I keep telling myself that, then um, yeah, who knows what's going to happen. So just got to stay optimistic. <laughs> so obviously, I mean, we were teammates at UW, so I saw a lot of um, that, you know, your first season. It, I think it was both of our first seasons, mm-hmm. really, first full season. So I kind of saw you going through, uh, you know, the first like journey in college soccer with MS. And I know that it was really hard for you to... Um, you wanted to play and you wanted to push and, and prove people that you could do it. But there was also a line that, you know, you, you kind of had to stop at to, you know, look after your health. And so like over the years, how have you like managed that? How have you, do you understand what I'm saying? Like, how do you manage, you know, pushing hard as you do in college sports, but also like looking after yourself and your, because you, you do you I mean MS is for real like and it it really affects you so you do have to you know hold back at certain times so how do you how do you balance that right now it's a great question one I'm still learning how to answer um but I will say like you know that that first season I came back to play I was we were doing a drill I'd go throw up and I'd come back in the drill and act like nothing happened and you know I was going home with these migraines and my way of coping when I first was diagnosed was just pushing through And ultimately, like I've realized that, you know, with other injuries, with my knees, with my broken, whatever fingers, wrists, whatever, you know, that works. If you, you know, you work hard and it pays off with this diagnosis is a little bit different. Um, These last couple of months, especially I've learned, like, I just kind of have to listen to my body. And um, I think that's, what's going to get me, you know, back to a healthier state first is, is if I listen to that and, you know, this flare up, especially, um, I'm not pushing myself on the Peloton to a point where I'm throwing up. I'm not, you know, going out for a run when I have a migraine, I'm learning that like, I do have, you know, so many years left to live and like, I want to be active in those years. So, um, as tough as it is, like there's a time to push, but there's also a time to kind of reel it back and let my body 
heal itself, which is kind of a time like now. So it's definitely not easy for me. It's something that I'm learning and it's, it's a steep learning curve, but um, like you said, there's, there's that fine line and you can only push for so long until you hit that wall. And um, yeah, I'm definitely learning to just kind of take it like day by day. And kind of, like I said earlier, it's like that 1% better every day, you know, it's going to look different for me. Sometimes it's crushing a, a fitness test. Sometimes it's just taking a walk around the neighborhood. And so I'm kind of learning that no matter what it is, it's still that 1% better every day, which I think is something that's definitely stuck with me through this process. So for people who don't really know what MS is, can you kind of describe how yeah. it affects you? Yeah. So my kind of symptoms vary for people. Obviously it's a neurologic condition. Sometimes it's more kind of in your head, sometimes more in your spine. Um, so symptoms, you know, are on a huge spectrum. Um, my main symptoms are fatigue, numbness and tingling in my legs, um, migraines. Um, let's see. I think that's about it. Um, so on a day-to-day -day basis, you know, sometimes I get some of that. Sometimes I feel like a totally normal person. It, it just depends. Obviously there's events such as the concussion that can trigger an MS relapse. Um, so it's just kind of managing those day-to-day -day symptoms, but, um, yeah, otherwise it's, it's pretty, you wouldn't notice. And that's my goal is I don't want, you know, to introduce myself and say, hi, Cla hi, I'm Claudia. I have MS. Like my goal is hi, I'm Claudia. And you know, if, if something happens and people find out, okay, I, I mean, I don't care, but I want to be living my life in a way that MS doesn't define me. And, um, I think I'm finally kind of in a groove where, um, that's happening. So that's amazing. You're amazing. <laughs> Thank you. I heard you talk. I'm just like, oh, it's just I'm, so crazy. I'm like, so proud of you. <laughs> Oh, guys, well, like running around, man, you were what sixth grade, and oh man, you had your shaved head. And <laughs> we got to find some of those pictures too. I know I've seen Honestly, them around. Yeah. yeah, there's some good ones. There <laughs> is some good ones. The uh, getting asked if I was in a co ed league with my little buzz cut was, was really <laughs> some, some good stories to tell. So, okay, so why did you shave your head? So yeah, Anna was right in sixth grade. Um, my mom got diagnosed with breast cancer. And so um, my first thought was, I was kind of young, so it was a little bit hard to process, but my first thought was like, how can I help my mom? How can I be here for her? And um, you know, you see pictures of people that have cancer and losing their hair. And I was like, all right, that's the one, like, let's just shave our heads together. So fast forward a month or two, we're in, our we're in her bathroom and um, we both put our hair in ponytails. We chop off the ponytail and we cut off our hair and there we were. I was kind of looking in the mirror. I was like, I really just did this. But um, <laughs> I will say a lot of good stories. I think it really built some character and, you know, made me a little tougher, got some tougher skin. Um, not sure I'll ever do it again. But it so. <laughs> oh, no, it just makes you, I just love you that much more. Here you go. <laughs> well, thank you. Um, okay. So, I don't want to take up too much of your time. Um, so I kind of just have a few more questions. So for kids who are trying to play at the next level, for kids who want to be recruited, what advice would you give them? 
it's a loaded question. I know there's, that could be like a 30 minute answer. <laughs> I'm trying to like tame myself and give the short abbreviated version. Um, <laughs> I would say one of the biggest things is just owning your personal development. Like whatever age you are, whatever grade you are, like take a step back, think about what your strengths are and utilize those. Think about what your weaknesses are and train those like no other. Anna knows like, I don't, someday I decided that free kicks were going to be my thing. I wasn't good at them. I didn't know why. I just decided this is going to be my thing. And so we'd go out and shoot balls for hours on end because I was trying different techniques and trying different things because I really wanted to use what I didn't think was a strength and and turn it into one. So I think the more that players can kind of own it themselves and take a ball out to the backyard or, you know, if they need to work on their fitness, they're out running after practice. I think a lot of times it's easy to kind of just go through the motions and show up to club practices two or three times a week and think that's going to be enough for some it is, but for most it's doing a lot of stuff on your own. Like, like I said, going to the fields, watching film, you know, talking to people that have gone through that. I've had a couple conversations with younger players and just kind of giving them advice is always great. So, you know, feel free to reach out to me, Anna, like you have so many great resources around you. And so just, using those as, you know, like mentorship is, is great. Um, and then in terms of just recruiting and getting coaches attention, um, just shoot emails. Like I know college coaches are going to be looking at me and saying, Oh gosh, Claudia, what advice are you given? But it does work. They, if you are persistent, um, it will work. I like to give the example of Megan Sullivan, who is currently a center back at Washington state. This girl was so persistent, never gave up. She, she had her goal of playing soccer at Washington State, and she was going to do whatever it took to get there. She used Amanda. She used Alex. She used, you know, Eddie as all great resources to make it happen. And she was sending emails. She was showing up to their ID camps. She was doing everything in her power. And here she is playing at Washington State and, you know, is a great teammate and player there. So I think if you really want it, like go after it and um, just know, like sometimes coaches aren't going to see you and sometimes things aren't going to go your way. And that's fine. It wasn't meant to be, but um, just, it's such a cliche, but like trusting the process and, you know, knowing that if you are putting in the work, it's, it's going to pay off. So what's that book? What's that, um, that that's from the trusted process. Do you remember that? That we read? Yeah. What, what was that book called? Is it chop wood, carry water? Yes. Okay. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's actually pretty decent. That that's a good book for. <laughs> Shout out, Leslie. Maybe. It has a good message. Yeah. I was, I was also thinking, it's so good that we never played against each other because I would have saved all your free kicks. Um, <laughs> there it I knew is. Exactly where you were going there every time. Is. This is the thing when we were so when we made it to the tournament. Anna's last year at UW every practice you know we'd be working on PKs to uh, oh. get ready and so every time the goal would switch the rotation would switch every time I'm lining up to take it on Anna and I'm like this girl has been saving my PKs for 10 years now so everyone knew it was the highly anticipated matchup of the practice was Claudia and Anna in the PK shootout so I would say I, I mean I scored most but we could sit here and argue that for a little bit you know (laughs) we'll save the fans (laughs) okay I have two more questions Mm -hmm. and this one's kind of loaded also at least in my time that I've coached for Gunners we've kind of always been underdogs in the area do you feel like that it was helpful for you like developing as a player 
I love that question. Um, I will forever say like kind of being that underdog has, has definitely helped me. Like I always wearing a gunner's Jersey. I always had something to prove, um, showing up to the big tournaments. It was like, Oh, Oh, gunners. Uh, like no one knew. And I was like, great, great. Cause wait 90 minutes and you'll know who we are. Like that was my favorite thing. And so, you know, when, when we got older, you know, people were kind of going to the bigger clubs in the area. And, um, I knew I wanted to stay. I knew we had something special. I knew I had a family at Gunners and, um, you know, people say you, you won't get looks if you're at a smaller club and you won't get better if you're at a smaller club, but none of that's true. Gunners is, is a great club and has some amazing coaches. I was lucky enough to be coached by, you know, yourself, Aaron and Macy Joe, who've been like pivotal in my development. Um, just coaches that truly care about their players and will take time to get them better. And um, I know Gunners is a place that you will get that attention. Um, and so again, going back to your, to your con about underdogs, it just, it's helped me, especially in a time like now I, here I am an underdog again, you know, this girl with MS that has taken three years to get back to the field. Okay. That is my story. It's unique, but like that doesn't affect me. I know my journey is not really similar to a lot of others, but that's what kind of inspires me and motivates me to, you know, finish the ending. So. Awesome. Okay. And uh, my last question, which is really kind of a corny question, but I'm going <laughs> to say it anyway. Um, what does it mean to be in the Gunners family to you? Oh, um, it means a lot. I met my best friends, girls I, you know, consider family at this point. Um, I come back to Gunners practices and, um, you know, Gunners games, and I'm just embraced by coaches and players and parents. And it's just such a unique environment. Like I'm even kind of tearing up just like talking about it because I've never felt more like supported by a community before. Um, you know, I, whenever taking the quarter off, we're do I go? I go back to Central Park and I, you know, see old teammates and see old coaches. Um, it's just, it's truly something special. And, you know, everyone walks away from Gunners feeling like they have a family there. And I think that's something that's super unique to Gunners and something that will, you know, stick with them for a while. So it's an honor. And um, I've met, you know, some of the best people I've ever met. So I'm super lucky. Well, I can't wait to watch you back on the field. I'm so excited and I'm super proud of everything that you've accomplished and everything that you're doing and the person that you are. Um, and thank you for being our very first podcast interview. Seriously, <laughs> heck, you're so cool. And for putting up with us at the very beginning of this. <laughs> yeah. You guys know, I mean, just to speak about you two too, like you guys have been like Anna since day one has been my role models. Amanda has been pivotal and, you know, college stuff and coaching and way back in the, you know, PSPL Academy days, Oh, you were day one so good old days <laughs> yeah I owe a lot to you too as well no Anna when I'm back playing again you're gonna have to come out to the fields with me I'm gonna be a little rusty so you're gonna be rusty <laughs> <laughs> I tried to hop into training the other night and just about popped my hip <laughs> my Although, hey come back it's comeback <laughs> season next WPSL for sure there we go like Thank I'm you. coming back I'm doing at least one more season there you go. Macy's still playing. Is she? <laughs> She's like 30. You have at least like seven years left. <laughs> I don't have the hips for that. They just said they're gonna break. I'm gonna need a hip replacement by the time I'm 25. No. Okay. Well, we can keep going. Uh, last question. 
if you were in a dance battle, who would you want with you, me or Amanda? Hannah. No, I would, I would. I would say I would just bow out of that because I no. I mean, but, this but I will say Liam, my five-year-old Liam has got moves. Oh, I'm sure he does. Yes. So I would, if I had to do it, I would just like have him go with Liam. Yeah. I would take Liam over Anna. No offense. Uh, you haven't seen the moves. <laughs> you haven't seen Liam's. <laughs> oh gosh. <laughs> oh, that's too funny. Well, thank you again. Of course. That was so good cool. night. Right. Yeah. Good All right. Bye. Bye. You're so cool. See you, Claudia. She's so it's so crazy to see how far she's come, to be honest. Like, yeah. I remember for the biggest thing for me was she was always the person at the fields. Like every minute of every day. I swear she was always out there. She's like, okay, when do you want to go to the fields? When do you want to go to the fields? And then when she, when she got diagnosed with MS, I remember she still wanted to do that, but she, when she couldn't, she got so down on herself. Mm -hmm. And then obviously over the past two years, she's, she's had to figure out like when to pull herself out. So we were, I remember one, one time in particular, we were at, it was a training session and it was, we didn't have a game that week. So it, we were doing running and she, we did like a sprint. And then it was honestly, I think it was like half field sprints or something like that, 50 yard sprints. So we did one and then she like went and threw up and then came and did another one and she had to go throw up again. And then she was like, you know, she, she kept wanting to push through. And I remember the coaches weren't saying anything to her and they kept letting her do it. Mm -hmm. And I remember thinking to myself, oh my God, like, why are they letting her do this? Mm -hmm. But now like thinking back, and I'm sure she would say the same thing. She, she needed to learn. She needed to learn how to pull herself out, mm -hmm. which I think she knows now. And I mean, you can see it. She, she that was her decision mm -hmm. to, she obviously got a concussion, but like it was her decision to take <clears throat> a step back from soccer, a step back from school. Mm -hmm. Um, and so like to see her where she is now is really cool because yeah, I think had that growth not happened, she, she would have been burnt out by now and her body just wouldn't have. Yeah. Well, I think that's the amazing thing to me is well, a, like she's been voted a captain yeah. and she, I think she's at least according to the UW website, when I was looking at it earlier, she's only actually played 46 minutes on the field. Mm -hmm. I'm like, and she, she just got voted as their captain like that's crazy mm -hmm. like that just shows so much about like her character and her leadership ability no absolutely so absolutely. everything that she's gone through and i you know i forgot about her mom i forgot her mom was diagnosed with breast cancer mm -hmm. and i remember i remember that was that was hard on her yeah um, sure it's gotta be terrifying like she's just I, I, oh, you know what? I love what she said. What did, when she was like, I, I'll find a way. Mm -hmm. I always like, I find a way um, to come back. Mm -hmm. I thought that was really good. It's a really good outlook for her to have, but, um, and it's true. Like I know she will. Yeah. It's crazy how positive she is. Yeah. Through everything. And all I know is after I tore, well, I, so I tore my ACL and I came back from that. And then my junior year of college, I broke my shoulder blade worked my butt off to come back from that and the very first day of practice my, my senior year of college I tore my ACL again and I was like 
I was so just like yeah. very dark place. Yeah, it was not like it was very hard to be positive. And I, she, I mean, she always she hasn't always been like that. Mm-hmm. I mean, she obviously has had those battles moments. And I mean, you heard her on her twenty first birthday. She was sitting alone mm-hmm. in a dark room because of her concussion. So. Mm-hmm. She, I feel like she has those moments, but she allows herself to have those moments mm-hmm. and then comes out of them even stronger. I don't know. I don't know how a person can be that strong, like resilient. But yeah, I think it's pretty much mutually agreed. She's the coolest person we know. Yeah, literally. <laughs> literally. Oh, she's just so cool and she's so kind. Yeah. It was my, my birthday was a few weeks ago and like, you know, it's quarantine and everything and. I kind of was just hanging out with my family and she showed up at my porch and like brought me in. Well, she was, but she, yeah, she just brought me a cupcake and just said, Hey, like, just want to come by and say, like, she's just so thoughtful and kind. And that's awesome. Yeah. Claudia, you're the best. Claudia is my hero. I want a poster of Claudia in my house. I'll get one for you of the, the artwork I did. Oh, that's good. I, I, will you for real? Yeah. I'm gonna make her sign it too. Yeah. Hang it up. Yeah, it can be our first merch. Ah, uh, merch available. <laughs> <laughs> Coming soon. Coming hey. soon. All right. Shop our merch collection. <laughs> oh, All right. On that note, let's end this. I wish we had a cool ending. We'll come up with it. <laughs> Bye. Bye. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>